Hey, everybody, it's Kai. This is Politics Inside Out. You know the drill. I'm in Los Angeles. Andrea Seabrook, our Washington bureau chief, is in Washington. You guys did know hello, hello. Los Angeles, right? Did they know that? They must have known that. Um, yeah, I don't even know ma- you're in The Los magic Angeles. of modern telecommunications. Um, anyway, so um, there is actually a lot to talk about today. We're going to pick up sort of where we left off yesterday, which is new rounds of appointment uh, with uh, the Trump transition team and also... God help me, his tweets. I, I don't even know what to say about this. Um, item number one, and I'm going to need some pronunciation help here. I, I think it's Puzder, Andy Puzder. You know, Kai, uh, the word Puzder, the name Puzder is kind of scary for yep. <laughs> for a radio professional because it borders on so many different so bad many words things, all at once. Get you which in you, really, you really don't want to say most of the things your brain wants you to say. He, he is the nominee, uh, and the reason we're talking about him, is going to be the nominee for uh, Secretary of Labor. For Secretary President, of Labor. Uh, Trump. Tell us a little bit about him. Andy Puzder is the head of CKE Restaurants, which most, most people might know as uh, the parent company of Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of employees, a lot of money, a lot of locations. Um, and Andy Puzder is is a good old friend of Donald Trump's. They've worked hmm. together in the past. And he's not the kind of guy you would... So he knows labor, right? He's got, you know... Yeah, oh, yeah. He's got 75,000 75, employees. People, right. He is yeah. staunchly against raising the minimum wage. He's staunchly against... Um, the new overtime rules that the yep. uh, president would like yep. to put into place or that Obama wanted to put into place. It, it reminds me of Elaine Chao, who was the secretary yep. of labor in the George W. Bush administration, yep. in that here is, as I see it, a secretary whose purpose in the department they are being nominated for is to not do things. We, I think we talked about hmm. this once before. Well, it's, we it's, did a little yeah. bit, but it, but it's it's interesting, right? Because it, it it picks up on the thing we were talking about yesterday, which is uh, this is the president-elect's prerogative, right? He won the election. He gets to appoint people who are in line with his policies, and and uh, Mr. Puzder is going to do that. It's just really interesting now to see it coming in practice, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I cannot talk about this guy without talking about those ads. Have you seen those ads? Oh, with the... have I seen those ads? Yeah. I imagine you've seen those. Ads. The, the, oh, so now, we're about... oh, now, come on. So, so well, let's talk about the ads we're talking about. It. it is Carl's Jr. <laughs> uh, uh, and maybe... Parties you know, over this... here. We call Hard, them yeah. parties. Uh, uh, women in bikinis eating rich, luscious, juicy hamburgers. Think back to uh, the Paris Hilton ads. Think back to that one with the woman in the car wash and the soap. I mean, it's... I don't know what hamburgers have to do with all that stuff, but it, it sells for Mr. Puzder, I suppose. And, well, what he said about that was that he's appealing to hungry young men. Ugh. Yeah, okay, thanks. Right? I mean, that's it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that, personally. He yeah, also well, give, give um, the rest of the quote here, right? I mean, the rest of the quote is amazing. Yeah, the rest of the quote is, uh, I like our ads. I like beautiful women eating burgers in bikinis. I think it's very American. I think he's right. <laughs> and that's you know it's tough to argue with that right whatever not exactly anyway, so what I would aspire right. for America to be uh, but uh, uh, yeah uh, another thing about Mr. Puzder that bears a mention here uh, is that um, he is very interested in automation um, yes he he went on CNBC this past spring and said you know automation is a great thing because you don't have people calling in sick you don't have people filing sex discrimination lawsuits you don't have people getting hurt on the job we ought to get uh, basically more robots is his deal and and you can see from a guy who's running a company with uh, 75,000 workers you can see his point i'm all for more robots 
personally. <laughs> Just in general. That's, that's the pull quote from this podcast. <laughs> I'm for more robots. More robots. But <sighs> I will say that uh, one thing that's notable about this um, yeah. is that he believes that needing more rob- more automation is, is really because the government, the federal government, is making labor so expensive. Uh, that's what he's saying. Right. So it, he was really talking, when he talked about that, he was talking about, you know, the raising raising the minimum wage and all right. the things we just talked about. You know, the labor, the labor department has a lot to do with Surprise, surprise, labor, uh, labor, <laughs> labor unions. Um, and the labor labor unions are are pretty uniformly um, n- not not happy with the not idea of him being of the, yeah, the labor secretary. I mean, you know, there's the guy who's the head of um, a, a group called Allied Progress sent out this uh, this thing to a bunch of reporters today. And it says Puzder says many unskilled workers don't produce enough economic mm-hmm. value to warrant minimum wage increase. It's true. In the Wall Street Journal in 2014, Puzder wrote an op-ed that says, you know, the feds can mandate a higher wage, but some jobs don't produce enough economic value to bear the increase. Hmm. That That's the kind of thing that makes labor unions nuts and Go a lot of working yeah. people because they, they would yeah. ask, well, yeah, OK, how do you get that? How do you produce enough economic value if all you do is a race to the bottom? Right. Right, which is which is a podcast for another day. But I'm going to take your thoughts on automation, and I'm going to take your thoughts on labor union, and I'm going to spin it into topic two for the day, which is the president-elect of the United States. And this is really the only word that I can think of to describe this whole uh, affair last night with Chuck Jones, uh, the union president in Indianapolis at the carrier plant. The president-elect of the United States got into a pissing contest with yes. a private American citizen who had said... <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Trump lied his ass off when he talked about all these jobs he was going to save uh, in Indianapolis. Um, to be clear, uh, uh, Chuck Jones did say Mr. Trump lied his ass off, but then Mr. Trump went after him. And I just find that an amazing thing. He said, uh, we have it right here. Chuck Jones, who is president of United Steelworkers 1999, has done a terrible job representing workers. No wonder companies flee the country. If local 1999 was any good, they would have kept those jobs in Indiana. Spend more time working, less time talking, reduce dues. It is... And I, uh, remarkable. Gobsmacked. Yeah. Gobsmacked. I woke up yeah. to that tweet um, again because of the heart of darkness thing <laughs> where, where I have where, Donald Trump. Wherein we know all about, <laughs> wherein we know all about your Twitter, your iPhone Twitter settings. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was so confusing. Uh, yeah. Politics on Mars. Let's pull out all of our memes. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, because when you wake up in the middle of the night or in the evening or whatever and, and Donald Trump, the, 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 Incoming president of the United States is attacking a private citizen who basically like is a labor organizer, whether mm-hmm. whatever you think about yeah. that, he that guy is like a guy in Indianapolis yeah. who has a job and said something about what he thinks about the president. The other guy is the, the incoming president of the United States. It's like it's such a machine gun after a mosquito moment. We, um, we should say here that not long after this tweet dropped or these two tweets, um, Chuck Jones apparently at his home was getting phone calls uh, of a threatening nature. What kind of car yes. do you drive? We know where you yes. live. All this jazz, and this yeah. just, it's just, it's really, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's just. I mean, so yeah, I'm right. I immediately thought of. I don't know if, if people heard about this, but here in Washington D.C., there's this like kind of gimmicky, you know, hamburger bar joint place called Comet Ping Pong. Comet that... Ping Pong. I'm sure everybody has heard of it. OK, yeah. Um, yeah. maybe I'm the oldie here, but I'm, but yes, there was there was. Thank you. There was a fake Anytime. news story, <laughs> fake news story, really fake, certifiably fake that yeah. 
the Clinton campaign or somebody was running some kind of like a child trafficking ring or something out of this, you know, kind of hip restaurant. And and I was thinking, yeah, whatever, fake news, whatever. And then some guy showed up with a shotgun with a rifle in that yeah. restaurant deciding he was going to go research this on his own. This to me, it's, it's like the, we have unleashed the trolls. We have a troll in chief in some ways. So, so you know what I love is Melania Trump, her big speech a month, six weeks ago was, uh, my project as First Lady will be to crack down on cyberbullying. Yeah, I don't know how to square that. I don't know how to yeah. square that. And I, yeah. and I feel I, like I have to disclaim, so, Kai, very, very quickly that, like, this has nothing to do with the policy. We're talking about the decorum of an incoming commander-in-chief well, so, so and let, president let, let of the me, United I, States. I, while I agree with you, let me just let me just advocate on the devil's behalf here for a moment and tell you to get off your high horse and say, you know what? <laughs> the people who voted for Donald Trump are done with decorum. They're done with the old ways. They want something different. And by God, they got it. They're getting, they're getting the political appointees and the economic jobs that they want, right? Steve Mnuchin. They're getting this guy, Puz, Mr. Puzder, at... Uh, at labor, they're getting these things that are shaking up the old establishment, the old establishment that was not working for them economically. And I, who are we to criticize? Is that a devil's advocate? Position? That was that was my devil's advocating position, because I, I agree criticize? with you that the norms of this office matter. Right. The norms of how we run our society and our government and our economy matter. Why? But the, why? Yeah. Because that's how you know uh, that uh, this is going to sound ridiculous, but that's how you know things are working right. When people are doing things in an expected way. Now, let's not make a value judgment about about whether those ways are, are good or bad. Right. But as long as you know what the rules are, then you can figure out how to uh, uh, play the game. Yeah. Right now, nobody knows what the rules are. We literally do not know what the American government's industrial policy is going to be on January the 20th. We do not know what uh, the American government's labor policy is going to Well, we have a pretty good idea, good idea from Mr. Puzzer, but I'm thinking specifically of the carrier example, right? Yeah. We don't know. Because, uh, the vice president-elect said this. Uh, the kind of deal that Mr. Trump struck with carrier, Pence said, is going to be decided on a case-by-case basis. Uh, that is not normal. And so how, if you're running a company in this economy, do you make your planning and your forecasts and your workload adjustments and your labor force adjustments? How do you do all that if the president of the United States can pick up his phone, tweet something out, and let's use Boeing as, as an example, tweet something about a, out about a big government contract that they're working on and the company loses $4.1 billion in market capitalization in 10 minutes because the president of the United States tweeted something. I would suggest that that is a violation of the norms of this economy. And society. Uh, and society and our government. Now, the people who voted for Donald Trump don't want those norms anymore, and that's okay. But we all now as a society and as, a, as a, uh, an enterprise of American existence have to deal with them. Uh, and there will be uh, repercussions. It, you know, it'll be really interesting to see what happens the first time after noon on January the 20th, he does this. Because I, contra you, I believe he's not going to moderate his behavior. He's a 70-year-old man. I mean, like, I really think he's going to have to. Um, but, but uh, I, I know you do. To me, I keep sitting here and thinking, how do I tell my daughter, mm -hmm. how do I tell her that we should give a shit 
Sorry, man, I'm just dropping them all. How do I tell her we should give a shit that people who work their asses off don't make enough to get by when when the Secretary of Labor thinks they're just not creating enough economic mm-hmm. economic activity. Yeah. And, you know, I, I hate to sound like a bleeding-heart liberal because I'm not, I'd like to point out. I have many ideas about how you could fix said things, but they're just seriously, they're really important things, like the mm-hmm. images and the ideas of the person who is leading our country. Right. D- there is no, it's not Republican, it's not Democrat. George W. Bush never would have put someone like that in charge mm-hmm. of anything. It's 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 worse than Mars. It's it's I don't know. It's starting to uh, be we're, like we're in a politics on like Jupiter that we're going to work our way out the solar system. <laughs> Where are we going? Politics on Alpha Centauri. I don't know. All right. So that's uh, uh, we have we have reached the end of this discussion. I for don't now. think it's, this uh, was a good podcast, Kai. I think seriously, just... I think it actually was very good. Right. I mean, these are th- these are very serious things that uh, honestly, and I'm not. All right. So here's the truth. I'm not the world's most thoughtful dude. But in, in ser- no, I'm seriously not. But I'm a I'm a I'm a go with your gut kind of guy as opposed to a, a thinking yeah. through kind of guy. Anybody mm-hmm. who, who knows me in real life will tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been since uh, election night thinking about a lot of these issues about how specifically about how us as journalists, but also as oh god, here comes that phrase again: citizens in a representative democracy. Yeah, we now have to adjust to the reality because this is the next four years of our collective lives, right? Right. Uh, and we have to talk about this stuff. We have to, as journalists, decide how we are going to interact with a brand new power structure that does not need us. Yeah, we can't pull punches. And maybe right. the good news is that that will force us out of the era of false equivalency and, yeah, and yeah, polite, maybe, right? polite totally. journalism. Totally. Like maybe, totally. maybe it's okay. Maybe that's good. Totally. It just feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that got very heavy. That got very heavy. And, and we're going to we're going to stop before we get too heavier. Politics inside out is us. We got a lot a little off the beaten track today, but that's all right. Uh, we'll, um, we'll we'll do it again tomorrow. Bye. Bye. This is APM.